neither the time nor the space. My name is David, and as ever, I am joined by the generational Matt. Hello there. So, um, today we are discussing the Doctor's daughter. Yeah. Yeah, your first time watching this episode, mm-hmm. as it is indeed every week on this program. Um, so... You, are we just going to dive into this one? Well, Usual rating system? Or no? We've got stuff to discuss up well, top? My initial fear was that it was going to be Susan yes. making a reappearance. Despite but, the fact, obviously, that she is the Doctor's granddaughter. Yeah, but then, who's her mum? Who's her dad? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought that could have been addressed here. I'm yeah. glad it wasn't. Yeah. It's a, bit, it's a real tease of a title, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I mean... The, 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 the titular Doctor's daughter in this episode is really only his daughter in the very loosest of interpretations. Would it be more accurate to call her the Doctor's clone? I mean, not really, because... Yes, she is extrapolated from his genetic code, but I think she's also kind of knitted together with some sort of basic formula they mm. have. and She's... I mean, if he was a direct clone, it would just be another David Tennant running around, wouldn't well, it? Well, are you familiar with the Marvel Comics character X-23? Is that the one that was featured in Logan? In Logan. Yes. I, I, only, only through having seen Logan. the way that works is the Weapon X program get Wolverine's DNA, but somehow his Y chromosome is damaged. I, I don't know whether that can yeah. happen or not. So they replicate the X chromosome and make a female clone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I, I thought mean, that's maybe what was going on here. They, but nobody seemed surprised that she'd come out as a as a woman or or anything. Like I mm. don't. I didn't get the impression that the machine that they used was would directly clone people. Does it would like extrapolate their genetics to kind of? I mean, in 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 the words of the guy who was explaining, like that the they're effectively both the mother and the father, mm. and you know, it's science fiction nonsense, isn't it? But if I had to rate this episode, yeah, I don't know if I could say good episode, some bad bits. Mm. I'd maybe go okay episode, some bad bits. You know what? I'll take that. Um, In particular, there's one bad bit that I I was sort of on board with this. Yeah, and then there's one bit that ruins it. I would say I'd be very interested to hear which uh, which bit that is. Um, I can think of some possibilities, but we'll get there. Um, For my money. This is an episode that I definitely disliked on first watch. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, I have enjoyed more every single time I've rewatched it. Right. Um, and I think that's possibly me being able to accept it for its flaws. It is not a perfect episode mm. by any means. But I kind of just go along with it more. I think I was very resistant to it when I first watched it. And it's definitely the kind of episode, as with a lot of Doctor Who, where you just have to go, oh, let's just, yeah, fine, whatever. We're doing this this yeah, week. It's, so, it's one of the, like, great grey episodes. I don't actively hate it. Yeah. And I don't actively love it. It's but, just sort of there. Like, I don't know, in a few seasons' time, if we're reflecting back yeah. on this season... I don't think this one will spring to mind as well. Yeah. How do you know? I mean, maybe Jenny will be like a central character going forwards with the, with mm, the show. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, so, so, before we jump in, we've just got to address 
the Doctor Who computer game scenario. Oh, yes, yeah. Because it's becoming <laughs> a bit of an ongoing saga. So I think last time we addressed it, you'd forgotten the game and left it at my house. I had, so I made a point of picking up the uh, the case and shoving it in my rucksack so no. to take home with me. Before, the uh, key the point the there is you picked up the case. I did. the cartridge was still in my DS from where I'd been playing it. <laughs> Yes. So, we are going to address that at some point. We are. I mean, to be honest, by the time we get round to it, you know... It'll probably fit in five, nicely. It'll, it'll fit in nicely, yeah. So, uh, I am going to start cracking on with it uh, over the coming weeks, and uh, in due course, I will update you all, mm-hmm. listeners, on, on my thoughts on uh, Doctor Who, the... Uh, evacuation Earth? Evacuation Earth is the yeah. title of the... Uh, the, I mean, the game. In the short time I played it, they yeah. were on Earth. There was no signs of evacuation. Presumably that happens at a later stage in the game, I, then. Well, if it didn't happen in the first 20 minutes, which I played, I'm, I'm guessing so. <laughs> All right, then. So, um, on with on with the episode, then. So, The Doctor's Daughter, um, yeah. written by... Stephen Mr. Greenham. Stephen Greenhorn, yeah. Uh, who, I believe... Did he write the Lazarus experiment? I think he possibly. Um, I'm just going to quickly check through my that notes. Now. Have a check. I'm having a look on the old. Uh... Um, so yes, the Lazarus experiment last series. So I mean, we have to admit. So he's got previous. To... He's guilty by association. <laughs> well, compared to that, this is definitely a step up, isn't it? Mm. I, I, I would say so. Say. It's not outwardly terrible. Yeah, which is I would definitely a phrase I would use to describe <laughs> the Lazarus experiment. So yeah. Yeah, we're on to a winner there. Um, so, yeah, should we just dive into it? Yep. Okay, so we open with the close of last episode, sort of TARDIS nonsense going yeah. on. They're starting in media res, as they say. Yeah. And I think it's, it's at this point where the Doctor says, whatever's going on, his hand in the jar doesn't like it. Oh, yes, yeah. So... That's from when he fought the Sycorax, isn't yeah. it? It yeah. turns up every now and again whenever they need a plot point to hang the hats on. Yeah, and uh, Donna is kind of freaked out by that, despite the fact, you know, she knows he's an alien and has alien physiognomy, but still the thought of him regrowing his sand yeah. still kind of creeps her out. So they land in sort of a tunnel. It looks like some sort of war zone mm-hmm. and some sort of SEAL team. Arrive with guns. Yeah, just immediately they're accosted by people with guns. Yeah. And one of them is Joe Dempsey. Oh, yeah, so it is. Yeah, Gandry from Game of Thrones. You know what? I never but made that connection. It's probably even before he was in Skins, because he looks about 12. Yeah, he's he got does. like horrible pox ridden <laughs> yeah. skin. Yeah, he's. Uh, he, I, I, I genuinely didn't recognise him at all. And yeah. I've watched that episode, you know. A few times at this point. Yeah, but he's not a main player in the episode, really, well, is he? Well, he pops up all the way through. Like, I yeah. mean, he doesn't have a masses to do, but he's there for a lot of it. So, yeah. So, he tells his team to check their hands. He says their hands are clean, so we need to process them. Mm. I, I didn't really know what that meant at this point. No. But, long story short, it just means they haven't been processed. Yeah. So they can be processed. And processing involves putting his hand in a big machine. Yeah. So they grab the doctor, force his hand into a big machine. There's lots of smoke and sparks and sciencey stuff. Yeah. And out of the machine walks a girl. Yes. Played by Georgia Moffat. Uh, yeah. That's 
E.T., not A.T., so no no relation to Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Though, um, in, she does have relation to certain other doctors. So. Yeah, so... <laughs> I, I did a little Wikipedia check, because yeah. I thought she's actually quite good in this episode. Yeah, she's fu- she sort of carries... In some ways, she's got doesn't have a uh, particularly uh, thankful task in this episode, does she? No. Um, sort of... But I didn't recognise her from anything. Yeah. So, did a quick check... And it turns out she's married to David Tennant. She is, yes. They met in the filming of this episode. So he he must have divorced Madame de Pompadour, they, or did they, they dating, just date? They, they were dating for... But if we were serious for a while, but I think... I don't know... I mean, I don't think he's ever spoken publicly about where the timelines are, whether there was some overlap even, right. who knows. Okay. But, but certainly... Um, he met George Moffat on the set doing this episode. Subsequent to that, they did mm-hmm. get married and uh, but, uh, lived happily ever after. But she's also the daughter of Peter Davison. Yes. The fifth doctor. Yes. So that's is. the one we've seen. Yes, yeah, in Time Crash. Right. So so unbeknownst to the pair of them <laughs> when they were filming that... Um, they were pl- he was they were playing off uh, father and in law and son in law yeah because he even says yeah. you're my doctor yeah and I was yeah. like because he could say you're my father in law yeah <laughs> I mean that, obviously that line was just a reference to the fact that growing up when David Tennant was growing up Peter Davison was mm-hmm. the doctor on TV and like you know was one of his inspirations for getting into acting so it's it's all very weird. Uh, to think about at this stage, but uh, yeah, Doctor Who basically runs in the family because <laughs> I, I just couldn't keep up when I was reading. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it's like it, it's so convoluted, isn't yeah. it? But, but yeah. yeah, so so the Doctor's daughter in this episode is, is that, the Doctor's daughter, but also the Doctor's wife. Yeah, <laughs> but a different Doctor. Yeah. Have you ever heard the song I'm My Own Grandpa by <laughs> Willie Nelson? Yeah. Yeah, that's what's it's, going on here. Yeah, effectively, yeah. Right. So, she's handed a gun and she says, Hello, Dad, to yeah. the Doctor. And then we get the titles. Yeah. So, following that. So, we at that point, we know, definitely know Susan. This is how we're doing the Doctor's daughter. Yeah. For the purposes of this episode. But Susan was always, like, lingering like a dark shadow for me. Yeah. I was like... Is she going to be addressed at some point? Oh, maybe. Caroline Ford is, you know, was quite young when she filmed, so you know, mm. is still an active act- actress. So, so maybe. then we're introduced to the half. Yes. Now, I wanted to talk to you about the half because I was I was a little concerned going into the half because I know you've been very dismissive of uh, the Jadoon as just being rhino people mm-hmm. and uh, the cat people, and just you, you don't like it when. Um, Doctor Who aliens are basically just a humanoid version of some animal or mm-hmm. other. Now, let's call a spade a spade. The half are fish people. But I have a bigger issue with the half. Okay, what's your bigger issue? The noise of their breath tank. So they're, they're blah, 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 blah. Yeah, they're, they're constant. Whenever they communicate, it like blows bubbles because they have attached to them like a liquid tank, I would yeah. assume, to help them breathe. You've got to admit, it does make it a more interesting design. Oh, yeah, it's better than just a fish. But there's... In particular, there's a scene where Martha's looking at a map and having a conversation with a half. Yeah. But that noise, it's so... I I don't know, it doesn't grate on you because it's not shrill. No. But it was really getting on my nerves. 
It's it, like the opposite of ASMR for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it, I can't. I can't describe how it made me feel. It, it just, was just like because I. I wouldn't liken it to if there was a fly in the room and the buzzing mm. goes right through you. It was just it's a really irritating noise. Yeah, it's uh, it's an awkward choice. Um, I, I don't like it for a slightly different reason, mm-hmm. in that we have established that the TARDIS translation circuits uh, translates any language. Yeah. Why do we not hear the half just speaking in English? Yeah. Because they want to do the bubble. Because Martha does have... One-sided conversations. Yeah, yeah, and and I would almost accept it if it was a case that the you know dramatic license they have chosen to give us the viewer the dialogue of the half in their naked la- in their native language, and we uh, and, and but but Martha can actually hear mm-hmm. the language, but then that doesn't square with the fact that when she first starts talking to the half, she's talking to them. In like sort of broken basic English, like mm. she's struggling to make herself understood. So I, it doesn't work either way. Also, uh, just whilst we're discussing Martha's interactions, because yes. she she has more to do with the half than any character. I'm yeah, saying. she basically pretty much immediately but gets sidelined at, with at the, the culmination of her interactions. So she spends yeah. a lot of time with one in particular. Yes, and right at the end, she calls it Peck. I don't think it's ever called that at any I, point through I the episode. That, but yeah, okay. So there's a bit right at the end yeah. where she's like, "Oh, Peck, don't go, don't leave me." Yeah. But never called that at any other point That's in the weird. episode. I wonder if maybe there was. I think maybe some scenes with Martha have been cut uh, yeah. for running time in this episode. But that would be my only explanation for that. So as we've said, the half appear. Yeah. Again, they're like a militarised team. Yeah. They grab Martha. Gun-toting fish people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and then, to prevent further harm, the Doctor's daughter, who isn't named at this point, but yeah. it's Jenny, yeah. blows up the tunnel to separate them. So Martha is yeah. now trapped at one side with the hearth. The Doctor, Donna, and Jenny are the other side. Mm-hmm. So... At this point, the Doctor and Donna are told they're going to be taken to see a guy called General Cobb. Yep. Whilst the half take Martha, and I think is one of them injured. Is that how yeah, she befriends? Because because there's a bit of a there's a bit of a tussle. That's right. Because because the the human side and the half sort of meet across this this corridor. There's a bit of you know firing uh, on both sides. Then it culminates in in the uh, tunnel being blown up and yeah. two parts so being that, separated. That's how Martha establishes this bond with Peck. Isn't yes, because she fixes his arm. He's got yeah. a dislocated shoulder. That's right. That's right. And uh, and she yeah. explains she's a doctor. Yeah, and and he quickly gains the trust of the half. So back with the doctor, he says that his daughter is a generated anomaly. So yeah. Donna calls her Jenny. Yeah, and whilst the doctor's saying, you know, I'm a time lord, I can't have children, we get a heart back to Donna's friend Neris. <laughs> oh yes, I love the callback to Neris because it, it turns out she had twins using a turkey baster. <laughs> it's a bit much for a, a show end at children, isn't it? Is uh, that a joke for the dads? It's a bleak, isn't it? You know, yeah. if you, you either understand it or you don't, so that would go straight over the heads of kids, I think. But uh... so 
they're taken to General Cobb. Yeah. And they're in a theatre, but it's been converted into a military base. Yeah, so now, it's sort of weirdly incongruous. Do not let me forget, I want to address this later in the episode. Yeah, sure. Okay. So General Cobb, sort of a... Um, Hardened. Yeah, grizzled. Yeah. yeah. And he, basically, he's an enemy of pacifism. Yeah, he just like morally objects to the whole notion of not slaughtering as many people as possible. Yeah. So he's sort of heading up the human team here. Yes. Who yeah. are engaged in an ongoing battle against the Hath. Yes. Yeah. So Martha, back with the Hath, is heralded as some sort of hero for saving Peck's life. Yeah. And Cobb again, back with the Doctor, outlines his war. And he says that the machine that created Jenny was initially for colonists, but because of this battle against the Hath, it's now used for soldiers. Yeah, and it sounds as though they've actually like adapted the programming, because when Jenny popped out, she was kind of pre-programmed as a soldier. Mm. Like, the, the second she's she's out, she's like... Okay, pick up my gun. I'm ready to fight. Yeah. That's that's all she knows, basically. Um, so, yeah, we're, and yeah, th- this war's already been raging for generations, uh, and shows no sign of stopping. Yeah, yeah. So Donna asks Cobb why the buildings, again the theatre they're in, have windows, but they appear to be underground. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm going to address that later in the episode. Sure, sure. So, Cobb says they're looking for a thing called the Source. And he explains that the world that they're on was created by a god. Mm -hmm. And when the god completed creation, she took a sigh, a breath of sigh. Yeah. And that's what they're looking for. That breath has... Breath of life. yeah, Yeah. It's the ability to sort of terraform this planet. Yeah. Though they don't, they don't use though use it in those no terms. They, they so. say it's basically going to bring life because the planet. Yeah. We get the impression it's pretty desolate. Yeah, which, which is why everyone's presumably living underground. Yeah, yeah. So the doctor hacks into a computer using his sonic screwdriver, and again, I don't really know how this works. Uh-huh. He's looking at a map, but yeah. he just goes, "Oh, there's some tunnels missing off this map." Bing bang bong. Here they all are. Yeah, he said there was a hidden layer of information yeah. on the map. Um, That's of... helpful in your intel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if he... you're reporting to your military leader, but you're just yeah. like, ah, I'll, I'll just hide half. So, yeah, he, he reveals that the, the network of tunnels is greater than pre- previously thought. But when he does that, Martha and the Hath are looking at the exact same map. Yes, that's right. At the same time, obviously, it's projecting and on a separate device. And these extra tunnels but... also appear to them. Yeah, so, so Cobb recognises that that must be the way to the temple which hides the source, yes. which they're after, but the Hath will have that same information, so it's effectively a race yeah. at this point. Yeah, and that that's sort of the crux of this episode, isn't it? It's yeah. Whoever reaches the source first is going to harness its power, win the war, claim the planet. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, when Cobb explains this, the Doctor, Donna and Jenny are locked up when they try and halt his plans for genocide. I mean, yeah. A bit rich coming from the Doctor, isn't it? But It is. I, I think, I mean, yes, you could definitely argue it's hypocritical. Mm-hmm. But I think that 
in itself is true to the character. Let's not forget the, the amount of self-loathing and regret that the Doctor carries with him all the time on, on the basis of, of, of the uh, acts that he's committed. Mm-hmm. Um, though it does... It, is that the scene where he, 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 he sort of yells at Cobb, uh, look genocide up in the dictionary, you'll see a little picture of me with the words over my dead body. Now, really, he could have left it as, you'll see a little picture of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And in fact, that's where I thought it was yeah, going. Yeah. And when he was like, and if you look up what the little phrase says, I thought it'd be something like, I am the bringer of doom. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. And I think it's just him not wanting other people to make that mistake, or at least not when the circumstances... What, what, the whole point was, obviously, with the time war, he felt like he had literally no other option. Do you think him halting other genocides yeah. is because he doesn't want other races to die out? Or do you think it's almost a selfish thing in that he doesn't want other people to have experienced what he has experienced having committed genocide? I think it's both. A little bit of both? I think it's definitely both, yeah. Uh, because even pr- prior to the Time War, the Doctor has always been pro, like, preserving life and, and avoiding conflict wherever possible. He's mm-hmm. always been not a pacifist character, because I think we had this discussion the other week. Uh, yeah. I think it's it's too simplistic to call him a pacifist. But he is always looking for the non-violent solution. Yes. And will only resort to violence as an absolute last resort. And he's looking at this conflict as, a, as an outsider. And he doesn't see any reason why you cannot have a peaceful accord between the humans and the half on this planet. There's room enough for both of them. Mm-hmm. So Donna notices at this point around the base and the tunnels underground... There appear to be numbers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, don't let me forget. We'll discuss no, that No, we later. definitely will. Yeah. And the Doctor takes Donna's phone. He upgrades it using the sonic screwdriver and calls Martha. Yeah. Now, following this, and probably one of the big points I want to discuss this episode, mm-hmm. Donna looks over Jenny. I think she's injured potentially. Yeah. And... She uses a stethoscope yeah. and finds out Jenny has two hearts. Yes. Using the Doctor's DNA, biologically she is a Time Lord. Yeah. Now, the Doctor always refers to himself as the last of the Time Lords. Yeah. Now we've definitely got two more. Yes. I mean, well, we've definitely got the Master. Well, the Master's dead. <sighs> yeah, we Bollocks. Saw, we saw him, Bollocks. His, we saw his body being burned. Bollocks, is he dead? I'm not having that for a single second. Not having that for a single second. All right. Well, he, he's living in that ring. He's like what, fucking genie now. Yeah. Yeah. His wife picked it up. Yeah. Right. Okay. So and now we've got Jenny. So okay. My uh, the, the 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 episode is I think intentionally vague about how the machine that created Jenny works. But my head cannon. Uh, is that it is programmed to to provide a large chunk of the process, uh, and that obviously is based on human physiognomy. So 
yes, Jenny is a product of the Doctor's DNA, but I think that's being all sort of mixed up with hum- like a sort of basic human template DNA. Um, and so you can't... You can't claim that she is a pure Time Lord in that she sense. She is. Um, well, we'll... We'll put a pin in that. She's we'll not t- a mongrel, is she? She's not half time lord, well, half human. You say that, but we'll, we'll talk about it at, at, later in the episode. Because um, I think there is evidence to back up my theory. So, back with Martha, she's with Peck, and she says that if they go over the surface of the planet, they'll be able to beat both the half and the humans that are racing towards this source. Yeah. So, that's their plan. I mean, it's a bad plan, isn't it? You can immediately tell that's a bad... Like, she's looking at the readouts and being like, oh, there's oxygen, I can breathe in there. I'm like, oh, there's a lot of radiation, but, you know... Yeah. I'm just like... Just yeah, she goes through it, the Martha. makeup of the atmosphere yeah. and she's like, yeah, that's all right. And then she just goes, yeah, the radiation's dangerously high. It's like, don't do it then! Yeah, the doctor has already told you, stay put, he's coming to find you. you the half are practically treating her as royalty already... Yeah. Just stay put. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she she doesn't do that. So she goes for a little little hike yeah. across the surface of this desolate world. I mean, if I was her, when when she reaches the surface, she like opens this hatch. Yeah. Shouldn't that be more guarded? <laughs> You'd think. Yeah. There's no airlock or anything. It's just literally like. Yeah. You know, it's it's like an attic door. I guess there seems to be about like four halves, so <laughs> maybe maybe they just don't have the numbers. Yeah, I suppose. So from their cell, Jenny manages to trip the guard. She kisses him to escape. And yeah. So I think she grabs his keys once she's pulled yes. him into the bars, yeah. knocked him yeah. out. Um, I, I like uh, Donna's line there to to the doctor. <laughs> she just says, "I'd like to see you do that." Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah well the doctor uses his own bag of tricks he does to distract a guy yeah. and I had no idea what was going on at the first in just, this scene it's just the classic pocket mouse ploy so he has a wind up toy mouse yeah that crawls across the floor yeah. squeaking yeah. then the guard turns around yeah and they use that opportunity to pass I like that moment that was a very Tom Bakery moment that's mm. the sort of thing you could imagine his doctor doing so uh, yeah it was fun. We don't see that more playful side of Tennant's Doctor so often. He's often quite an angsty Doctor. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Well, another favourite moment in this episode for me is when Jenny asks Donna what it's like spending time with the Doctor. Yeah. And she says, well, you know, we have a bit of fun. We have our adventures. And there's a lot of running. Yes. I was like, yes. Yeah. They finally acknowledge the fact that most episodes of Doctor Who are just people running about. You know, most yeah. episodes yeah. of Doctor Who are about 25 minutes long, but they just pad it out with them running. Yeah, just running up and down corridors. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, it's nice that they lampshade it a bit there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, we discuss it every week. Every yeah. episode yeah. has a bit. Where but they just run around. The thing is, it's always been that way. Look, look at the classic episodes we've seen so far. Oh, there is at least Pertwee some... went everywhere on a motorbike, <laughs> or his little vintage car. Yeah, I hate that yeah. car. <laughs> so this is where we reach point where the Doctor, Donna, and Jenny reach corridor 
with laser beams shot across it. It's your classic oh, God, Mission yes. Impossible yeah. laser field. Yes. Yeah. So the Doctor manages to use the sonic screwdriver. Him and Donna pass through. Mm-hmm. Jenny becomes a bit of a martyr. She stands there. She's doing like some suppressing fire, isn't yeah. she? To, to get make sure they can cross safely. Um, and we assume at this point Jenny's a bit of a lost cause. There's yeah. no way anyone can get through this laser field. Yeah, that, that, I mean, you know, the no enemy way. are yeah. upon her. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Apart from, yeah. she manages to do like twenty flips backwards. <laughs> yeah. And, uh... yeah. Is this the, is this the, the scene? Is this the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Oh it's... no no no! This isn't the bit I didn't like. All oh, right. Okay. I thought this was just a bit silly. I mean, it, it very much is. The thing that annoys me with it is, it's like you've. We've seen this in films, right? Yeah. But but like a Hollywood film, they will hire a stunt actor who can do some really impressive moves and they'll make sure the CGI is such that the, the lasers are set up to, 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 to seamlessly fit around the moves that they've choreographed for this uh, uh, acrobat to do for, mm-hmm. for the purposes of the stunt. And it will look really impressive. What we get here is like... It's basically like someone... It's like a school gymnastics routine. Exactly, yeah. It's like it was like someone who got the silver uh, in a gymnastic. I mean, one better than Rose, who only got the bronze. She got the bronze. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's literally just the same backflip move, yeah. like four or five times, and then she's through. And I'm pretty sure, like, if you looked closely, she would definitely be intersecting with the vast majority oh, yeah. of those. Uh, absolutely. Lasers. Yeah. So. It would have been good on paper. It reminds me a bit of the chase from Planet of the Ude, where I'm certain someone thought this is going to look amazing. Yeah, with the claw. And it just doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's no excitement here, is there? Doctor Who does a lot of things really well. Action is not one of them. I think I've even said that on this podcast before. It really holds true. It has never been, nor will it ever be, an action show. It it doesn't have the budget, and they've just never pulled it off effectively. So, as we've said, Jenny backflips through the lasers. She reunites with the Doctor and Donna. Yeah. They're really happy. Yeah. And then they have a seemingly com- a conversation that's seemingly just a little bit too long if you're being chased by a man with a gun. <laughs> like They're just yeah, like, oh, well done, that was brilliant. Yeah, Just go around the corner. <laughs> General Cobb's not going to yeah. be able to flip through like, these lasers. Find lasers. a cupboard to hide in yeah. for a bit. If you're no, literally, have just yeah. take a step to your left <laughs> so you're out of direct eyesight of the man chasing you with a gun. Yeah. But hey, So, back with Martha. She's on the surface. And yeah. She falls down a cliff. She does. Into yeah. a tar pit. Yeah. And I had a harrowing flashback to yeah. the never-ending story. I think every one of our where, generation does when yeah, they watch this scene. Where a Treyu's horse like falls into the tar and yeah. drowns and a yeah. Treyu's screaming. I, it, I, it almost feels like an intentional reference. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. but Growing up, I was terrified of... The Wolf, which was the Herald of the Nothing from oh, Never God, Ending yeah, Story, yeah. and a little bit terrified of the giant tortoise. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I just didn't like it. I mean, it's it's an unsettling film all round, really. It just it, the vibe of it is so kind of weirdly sort of grainy and bleak for for what is meant to be this beautiful 
romantic fantasy story. Mm. It has a very austere quality to it, the never-ending story, don't you think? I, yeah, I can't remember. I'm just looking on my bookcase because I've got the book somewhere. Oh, have you? The guy that wrote Never-Ending Story wrote a book that I loved in my childhood and now the name escapes me. It's something like Minutes to Midnight and it's a wizard and a witch who's like in charge of the wizard. Right. Who are at midnight going to unleash a plot that's going to destroy the earth. But then they're two familiars. I think the wizard has a cat and the witch has a raven and the story's told from the point of view of a cat and a raven trying to stop them taking over the world. It's really, really good, but the name eludes me. Something like The Night of Wishes. I'm going to have to find it. Okay. Matt's just having a little poke through his bookshelf as we speak, which is conveniently placed in the room we record in. I must have left it at my mum's house. That's really irritating. Tell you what, look it up and drop it in the show notes. Yeah. So if, if you're curious, uh, listener, have a little look through our show we could, notes. We'll, we'll probably we'll edit a... out that bit where I just go look at a bookshelf. For I mean, while. you can if you want to. I, if I'm the one editing this episode, I definitely won't because I'm yeah. that lazy. And all the talk about Never Ending Story. Anyway, moving on. you ever seen Never Ending Story 2? I'm pretty sure I've seen... Uh, well, there's three of them, aren't there? Yeah. yeah. Lesser known the third one. It's got Jack Black in it before he was famous. Does it? Yeah. I don't recall ever. There ones where I, I, I definitely remember having the first one uh, videoed off the telly and watching yeah. it a few times. But the others, I, with all of them, frankly, it's little more than a sense memory at this point. I, it's the sort of thing I think if I watched it now, it would be so nonsensical I would turn it off. Yeah, I think I, it's just it, safe in the memory bank. Yeah, it'd never go back. Never go yeah. back. So, back on track then. Martha's in a tar pit. Yeah. And this is the point where she calls Peck Peck. Yeah, fair we're, we're a good like thirty-eight minutes into a Are you forty-five. Sure you didn't min- just mishear the dialogue. No, because yeah. like I say, I always watch it with the subtitles on, so I can check yeah. spellings and names. You, and you say that I was watching it with the sub, um, uh, an episode with the subtitles recently, the one we were talking about next week, and uh, there were some glaring errors in the subtitling. Like really, really obvious. That it's really obvious that they've just typed what they reckon the, the actors have said yeah. rather than actually what the dialogue is. So, so yeah. she calls out to Peck, but it could be something else. Could be. Um, and he manages to save her, but he himself falls into the tar. Uh-huh. But also, the tar... I've called it tar, but it's like a black liquid. Uh, who knows what it is? Some kind of alien... He might have been goop. all right if he's a fish man. I mean, he didn't look like he was happy about it, did he? He might just miss Martha. <laughs> so, yeah, long story short. Peck's died. Yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Peck. And, and Freema, bless her, she, she's, like, on the bank, like, sobbing away. And, like, she's trying her hardest to sell this emotional moment where this fish monster has died. I, I think, considering how critical I've been... Of yeah. the character of Martha. I think this might be the best episode for her. Maybe. I mean... She it's... gets given quite a lot to do. Yeah. And she's not a weird clone. And she's not, like, a big soldier. Yeah, I, yeah. I, 
I'm not going to go as far as to say I like her in this, but she's better in this. I Definitely, say. and and I think what, partly this is you know because obviously my biggest criticism of Martha's storyline is the fact that so much of it is wasted with her pining for the Doctor. Mm. She is now definitively over the Doctor, yeah, and that leaves her free to get on and do like adventurous stuff. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think I agree. It's it's a good episode for Martha, even though. As usual, she has, like, the worst luck of any companion. <laughs> and, yeah. So, back with the Doctor and Donna. They invite Jenny to join them in their adventures. Yeah. Now, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, mm-hmm. but say, for example, tonight, once we finish recording, I drive you home, you get there, there's just a TARDIS. Yeah. If the Doctor invited you along, would you go? As in, right now, today... If he just said, come on. No, definitely not. Really? I've got a nine-month-old child at home. Yeah, but you could just have a day off. You'd... And I, I know that there is a very good chance I'm not coming back in one piece, if at all. Yeah. I wouldn't take that risk. It, it made me laugh. I watched the... Uh, I thought of Doctor Who the other day. I was yeah. watching Rick and Morty. All right, yeah. And it's where they go have their, like... Seemingly quick adventure, but then it's so awful. As soon as they get back <laughs> in the spaceship, they just start crying. Yeah, that I imagine that's what the Doctor does a lot. Yeah, off, definitely. Off camera. I, I think um, Doctor Who is a very clear uh, source of inspiration for Rick and Morty, mm. in that it's kind of looking at how truly dysfunctional and harrowing that kind of relationship could be if mm. you were actually going off having insane sci-fi adventures every week. But back, we're getting off topic a lot. We are, we are. But back with the Doctor, he talks to Donna about his family, says he was a father before, in the Time War. Of course, we knew that because uh, when you were about Susan, it's hard to get a granddaughter if you don't also have a son or daughter. But is it possible that because Jenny is a Time Lord, she could have gone back in time, met the Doctor prior to the Time War? How's she going to go back in time? Well, in the future, she might meet the Doctor again and get yeah, the TARDIS. Maybe. Uh, the, the timeline's so convoluted. Literally anything can happen. <laughs> I have no idea what is going on with yes. this. But, I mean, well, like I say, within the, what we know, what we've established within the show, we know that he had a granddaughter, so presumably he, he's also been a father at some point. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, coming as a do, surprise... Do we ever find out whether he had a son or a daughter? It's not uh, information that I have readily available. Right. So, maybe. You know, the amount of time RTD spends, like, writing about fat people. And if they <laughs> they just clarified some of the grey here. So, Martha reaches the, the temple the same time as the Doctor, Donna, and Jenny. Mm-hmm. And the Doctor realises, of course it fucking is, it's not a temple, it's a spaceship. No one yeah. could have seen that coming. Well, it's a space Everything's a spaceship. Space. Volcanoes are spaceships. Yeah. Houses are spaceships. Literally everything's spaceships. I mean, it's an, it's an episode set on an alien planet with a group of human colonists. It's not a stretch that we yeah. can find their ship. But as soon as there's anything interesting mentioned, like when they went, oh, it's the source, it's either going to be another alien or a spaceship. Well, technically the source itself... It's is, part of it. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah. Well, we're, we're there, aren't we? we? We see the source. It's this mystical, glowing ball of gaseous, yeah. magic stuff. Right. This is the part of the episode I really didn't like. Right. 
basically, the bit I didn't like was the plot. Oh, and the, the resolution of the plot. Okay. Right. right so. so, the Doctor hacks into the spaceship. Yeah. And he finds out that when it landed, it was manned by a Hath and a human crew. Yeah. The first captain died, thus creating a power vacuum mm-hmm. where the crew divides into human and Hath. Yeah. And they begin squabbling over this. And this is the point where, the, as well, Donna... Because she's been obsessed with the numbers in every room that they've seen. Yeah. And she figures out, with her you know excellent temping skills, that um, it's a series of dates. Yes. Counting backwards yeah. to this, this room that they're in now. Mm-hmm. And, they re- and you know, obviously the implication being, this is the date that that extension to the to the complex has been built. Yeah. Um, and they established that it's just been seven, seven days. days. So, like, two things I want to yeah. talk about. I'll talk about the least important first. Yeah. If you were populating a new planet... Yes. ...and you were building the structures and infrastructures... Yeah. ...to take care of that, within the first week, would you build a theatre? <laughs> Probably not, no. No. Like, that is not important at all. They have wasted time and resources there. <laughs> yes, I I agree with that. I I have a theory there, which is that they had limited options for where to film certain scenes. They managed to get this theatre, and they were like, do we have the resources to make it not look like a theatre? No, we don't. We'll just write it into the script that it's a theatre right. so nobody notices. I think that's the only logical explanation. I can't imagine that there was a... Because it doesn't factor in to the story in any other way. It has no significance yeah. that it would be a theatre. So I can only assume that it was a last-minute production Plus, choice. Wouldn't you just think, oh, we'll just wait until we terraform the planet and we'll build a theatre. But we'll do it on the surface. It'd be far nicer. Yeah. Bollocks. Yeah. Absolute bollocks. So that, that is silly. You so do that, have to gloss over that. So that is point one. I'm yeah. unhappy about. Yeah. Point two, right? They say, oh, the war... We didn't say the war had raged for years. We said it had raged for generations. generations. So yeah. they're cloning people that quickly. Yes. That this petty squabble has become myth, has become yeah. legend. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we're like 20 generations later. Yeah. Has nobody survived a week no, apparently not. But how how is Cobb in charge? He seems to know what's going on. He pro- must... He's probably been alive for a couple of days. Right, well, I, I don't think it would devolve that quickly. Maybe not. Look, like... Okay, look. The, 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 I, I can accept that if you want to examine this episode in a cold, hard light of pure rationality... It's a bit of a silly reveal. Yeah, a bit. However, it is one of the things that I love about this episode. I absolutely love it it. and I will defend it uh, because I think thematically it is brilliant. Because on a thematic level, what it does is underscore the whole theme of this episode, which is the, the pointlessness and senselessness of war. That this is a war born of misunderstanding and tit for tat that you know spans generations. In just the same ways, you look at you look at various intractable wars through through human history. Um, in more recent examples, you know the Troubles in Ireland, 
um, the Israeli-Palestine conflicts, things like that, where it's just... It, it becomes intractable because it's just revenge for revenge for revenge for revenge for revenge, on and on, through the generations, and to the point that people you can't even remember what people are fighting about mm-hmm. they're fight they're fighting because the fighting happens and there's nobody can see a way out of it um and what this episode does is reduce that down to its bare essentials and by compressing the timeline and being like this is what war is but imagine if that happened over a single week how ridiculous would that be yes exactly it is ridiculous but it's just as ridiculous if it happened over a hundred years. That is why I love this episode, or, or, or I love this aspect of this episode, and it makes me forgive some of the other silly stuff or, or you know, pointless things. Because when we hit this point, I'm just like, this I, is brilliant. This is Doctor Who I, doing what Doctor Who does best. I'm going to absolutely debunk that idea. Okay. Right. Who sent this human half mission? to this planet. Presumably it was a joint decision with the human and the half. Right. Are you telling me, within the first week of them landing, nobody from Earth or planet half attempted contact to see how the mission was going? We don't know what's going on on their home planets. Yeah, but within a week? We don't know. We don't, They might be the sole survivors from those particular planets. If we're taking it from a point where humanity has scattered far and wide throughout the galaxy. We know this happens in in, mm-hmm. in the timeline of Doctor Who. You know, there is a future where human humans colonize, colonize various other planets. And maybe one of those colonies hasn't worked out. So they're looking to find, you know, move to a new colony. So you've just got this skeleton crew of colonists heading off on this mission. There, maybe they were also half present on that same planet. Maybe it was a neighboring planet and they had similar issues they're like let's just pile everyone on a ship get out of this whatever system we're currently in find a new planet colonize that instead there might be no home base checking in on them we don't know we don't at the end of the day we don't have enough context and we can't make assumptions about we what can't. they're leaving behind this is it's rubbish it's a good episode. Come on, did, did I not persuade you remotely with what I was saying about the thematic power of this episode? No, because it's it, making a valuable, a valuable point and doing so in, doing a, it in a very silly way. It's Doctor Who. Earlier mm. on, you had uh, the Doctor <laughs> distracting a guard with a little wind-up mouse he happens to have in his pocket. I just think, it's not the silliest thing in this episode, let alone this series. I just think serious issues should be tackled seriously. I think it's this episode I think belittles it, certain issues. I don't think it's belittling at all. I think it's 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 um it's pointing out the absurdity of it, but it's not doing it. It's not playing it for laughs. I'm it's, unhappy with it's a good concept. It's a good concept. It's an it's an interesting twist, and it enhances the episode rather than detracting from it. It's a shallow concept. It's silly, and they should have thought more. <sighs> right. So, moving on from there, the Doctor finds like a big botany lab. Yeah, it's just filled with plants. Yeah, and in the middle, he finds the source. Oh, there we go. Which yes, is, this is the point where we got a terraformer. Yeah, he says it's basically. The chemical compounds that can bring life to this planet. I mean, it's a magic sphere, isn't it? Yeah. 
Well, it isn't for long, because he just grabs it and throws it on the floor. <laughs> yeah. He says, the war's over, and everyone lays down their guns. Yeah. Except Cobb, who yeah. hates pacifism. Yeah. So he just pulls out a gun, takes a shot at the doctor. Yeah. But Jenny takes the bullet. Of course she does. But I've put in my notes, can she regenerate? Ooh. So we'll find well, out, won't we? We will. So Martha says that she isn't enough like the doctor to g- regenerate. So that goes back to what we were talking about yeah, before. That she's she, maybe not a pure time lord. Yeah, she's got some stuff in her that means she's incapable. Yeah. Other than Jenny, obviously I've only ever seen the Doctor and the Master. Yeah. Uh, do we get any more allusions to female time lords? Because even when we saw the planet, when the Master was talking about when he was a boy, yeah, I think I'm right in saying they were all men. Yeah, they were. I mean, we we know that if you. No classic who, then you'll have seen uh, female Time Lords previously. Um, and he also travelled with a uh, a Time Lord in a uh, female incarnation called Romana. Okay. And, yeah, she travelled with him for quite a while. Uh, in fact, two two different incarnations played by Mary Tan and Lana Ward, and respectively. And was there ever a romantic element there? Some. In the same way that, that like... It's rare that that Doctor Who really goes for it with the romantic thing. There is a chemistry, particularly between Romana's second incarnation and Tom Baker, who was the Doctor at the time, that is hard to ignore and is borne out by the fact that they were briefly married. Right. Um, Everyone's just marrying everyone in Doctor Who. Yeah. It happens. Everyone plays about 30 characters over the course of the show. (laughs) And it turns out they're all married. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, definitely, I mean, at the end of the day, we now know established as canon, it's not a spoiler because you know who's coming, um, Time Lords can change, uh, gender mm-hmm. between incarnations. Yeah. So there's no reason that if, if you know, that a time, if a Time Lord is a, you know... Oh, yeah, I can't, one can, I totally uh, forgot about Jodie Whittaker. So there are you, things... re- you really have forgotten yeah, about Jodie like, Whittaker? just for a second, I was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they definitely exist. I can't believe I don't believe that. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, anyway. Right. So, the Doctor then takes the gun and puts it to Cobb's head. And he says, basically, the difference between me and you is I would never pull the trigger. And he said, yeah. that's going to be the foundation of your new society, a man that would never pull the trigger. Yes. And again, we've got this sort of arrogance and hypocrisy there. Yeah. Because he's, he's butchered hundreds, <laughs> if not thousands. Yes. But right. again, We're only on season four. But again, it's this thing of like, he doesn't want others repeating his mistakes. Yeah. So. so he then explains that Jenny is a paradox. I quite like this little idea. Yeah. That the reason the TARDIS was summoned to her was because she had the Doctor's DNA. So that's why yeah. it went haywire and yeah. why the hand recognised it. Yeah. But it got there too soon. So, so. Jenny had to exist to For have the summoned TARDIS them to, yeah. to create Jenny. Yeah. So he says she's a nice little paradox. Yeah. Uh, Donna says she's going to travel with the Doctor forever. Doesn't seem likely, does it? I mean, it's literally until she meets a death or gets <laughs> sick of him. Yeah. Based on previous of what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and then the Doctor and Martha say goodbye again. And again, although I've slated Martha, this was like the goodbye she should have got previously. Yeah. Like in yeah. the past, they didn't really part 
as friends almost. No, she kind of just she was like, just like, "You've destroyed my family." Yeah, life. just like I'm out. See yeah. ya. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, animosity, but it was just she like, just had to get out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the episode ends with Jenny waking up. Yeah. So I suppose she's not enough like the Doctor to regenerate yeah. in that she doesn't change form. Exactly my She point. just seems yeah. a little bit like Captain Jack. She just can't die. Yeah. Or at so. least, I mean, if it's a number... Because we obviously know that the Doctor has a limited number of regenerations, as all mm-hmm. Time Lords do. So maybe she's not immortal in the way that Captain Jack is, but... She can, got do, nine she can like pull the, yeah, she can pull that trick a few more times potentially. Yeah. And she steals a capsule and just blasts off, off for adventures new. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Some good bits. Some I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know about this episode. Uh, what if I told you which I've I I was debating whether I should tell you this. But behind the scenes information, there was an earlier draft of this script where Jenny died. And right. stayed dead. But obviously, RTD was looking at wrapping things up, mm-hmm. wrapping up his tenure. And the successor had already been chosen, Stephen Moffat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stephen Moffat saw this script and made a request that Jenny not be killed off entirely. Right. I don't know if. I think if she was killed off, I'd feel it was like a hollow ending. Yeah. Uh, so I sort of prefer this ending. Yeah, I would, I would say. And obviously, because so now we've got the, the 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 tease that maybe she will show up again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying definitively whether she will or she won't. I don't know because the the way she just sort of jumps in a spaceship and is like, "Wait, let's go on an adventure!" Yeah. I was like, oh, great. But then I suppose but she's a teenager, it, effectively. She's, yeah. yeah. She's just you know. She was born yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Good joke. Yeah. Um, but I suppose if she just sort of re- rejuvenated and we just saw like her hand twitch, or if we saw her in a fucking ring like the master, <laughs> then I don't know. It was okay. Yeah, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah. So, On the whole, it, it was okay. It's a solid episode. I don't, I don't think, think it's, it's like... I wouldn't rush back to watch it again. No, I, I, it's, I, it's one of those ones that like I enjoy when it's on. Like... If I'm doing, if I'm cherry picking episodes from this series, I would quite possibly skip it. Mm. But it's not like it's not a slog to get through. Mm-hmm. I think it's watchable fun, and and I, as as I said already, I don't want to relitigate it, but I think it's actually got a pretty valuable and, and well made point that it's making with the story as well. Just in a silly way. Yeah, I mean, if you tell you what, <laughs> listeners, if 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 you uh, if you have any particularly strong feelings either way on that debate, uh, feel free to get in touch with us. You know, usual address: time north space pod at gmail or you could hit up Matt on the old uh, tweets. Yeah, um, it's at time north space pod. Yeah. Um. So, but until then, um, yeah, except Tim Riley. Tim Riley's not allowed to contact <laughs> this show anymore. <laughs> His opinions are null and void. <laughs> um, unless, of course, you, Tim, you want to back me up on this one. <laughs> Please do write in. Um, uh, but yeah, so next week we're going to be talking about the Unicorn of the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Until then, thanks very much for listening, and cheerio. Bye now.
Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.